Good morning, everyone. I'm going to press a button. <laughs> so I use this thing called Rode Connect because uh, I guess that's the microphone I have, Rode. And on the button, on the side, there's these buttons that, you know, there's an intro, outro, there's laughter, there's a sad trombone. So it's fun to play with. Maybe down the line, I will get sophisticated enough that I add my own intro, outro music and sound effects. But until then, I'll just keep it simple. And today, it's raining outside. So it's not pouring, but it's a good steady rain. And I was not expecting it. I, I don't know, I guess I forgot it rained in November, December. But I guess that's the West Coast version of snow. Maybe. But yeah, it's nice. It's nice to have that lush pitter-patter sound. And last night, I was cold. And so I laid down on my love seat on my side. And then Apollo came to snuggle me in front of my chest because there was a nice little space there. And then Titus climbed over shortly thereafter and he situated himself behind my knee. So in between that little angle I had in my bent thigh and my calves, he was definitely warmer to cuddle with than Apollo. And as I lay there and enjoyed these two little balls of heat, I just started thinking to myself, they probably love me as much as people talk about dogs love their owners, right? For me, I've personally been depressed these past few years, ever since COVID. And I want to say a big part of it was COVID and the whole isolation, which I've learned just really I do not do well with. But I also think it was at that time that my anxiety really started to reach their threshold level where I had to do something about it. So I think these past few years have also been hard just because all these memories are coming out and I'm having to deal with it. And one of the symptoms of CPTSD is this perpetual constant feeling of anxiety and depression. And funny enough, about a half a year ago, before we started going down this path, before my sister learned about PTSD and told me about it, I told her that I realized I was depressed. I realized that for the past two years, I felt like I lost my mojo and I've been constantly zoning in and out of feeling connected with my big goals and then not caring about them and struggling to get out of bed. So I'd have these short bouts of mojo again. They might be one to two months long. And then for the rest of the year, I was constantly struggling. And that's when I realized, I think I'm just depressed. I have this constant depression. And back then, this might sound haughty, but I thought it had to do with me being so inquisitive. I thought that I would constantly think too philosophically and too theoretically that it caused me to be troubled as opposed to just living in the moment like I imagine more simple people do. So that's what I thought it was at first, but, but then later I learned that it's probably more because of my PTSD. But regardless of that, I remember feeling like, damn, if this is what I'm functioning like pretty highly on depression... Can you just imagine how much more powerful I'd be if I could use all my cognition to work on my goals and actually function and not have to battle through this constant fog? How much more could I achieve? But going back to the kitties, as I'm laying here thinking of all this and you know how depressed I've been for the past two years, to put it into perspective, I also thought to myself, these two kitties must think I'm so awesome. Because as soon as I lay down on the sofa, they want to come cuddle me and make sure their bodies are touching mine. So in their eyes, they must think I'm their really super awesome mommy. 
partially because I feed them, but also I have a nice big space for them to run around in. They wrestle each other. I bought a big cat tree for them, which they use a lot. And I take them on these little things called field trips, which is basically I pick them up and hold them in my arms and carry them around the apartment. This lets them see and touch and smell different things in the apartment that A, they can't reach on their own, but B, also see the world from a different angle. It's, it's pretty cute. I think they do enjoy it too, to be honest, because they always interact with the stuff I put them in front of. And when we're not in front of something and I'm walking towards it, they sit super still. And I know Apollo especially, he's so funny. He's this big baby. When I set him down, he will sometimes whine and then often just try to jump in front of me again, jump on some sort of counter that's in front of me so that I'll pick him up again. So all this to say, I do think my efforts mean something to them because it's built enough trust and a sense of safety for them to come want to cuddle with me. So again, as I lay there and think about how awesome these kitties think I am compared to how I feel about myself, I feel compelled that I really just need to take back my life, take back who I was before COVID. I want to get out of this depression and have these massively productive habits and routine again. You know, the whole sleep early, wake up early, work out in the morning, you know, get your morning in and then start work, then kill it at work and bring that energy and confidence into my hobbies after work. That's how I was back then. And I really, really miss that. I also miss it because I would constantly be fueled by the sense of competition because I would feel like I'm doing well in the world, also comparatively to other people who weren't being as productive and efficient and on top of their shit as I was. But the problem with that, and the reason I can't just pick up where I was back then, is because I am a changed person right now. Back then, my Pandora's box hadn't opened yet. And so that's why I was able to feed off for emotional fuel this sheer sense of competition and self-improvement, and that was enough to sustain me. So it's almost like a superficial level of Harvey Specter badassery, you know? It only hits the first two layers of emotional maturity. And now I'm a completely different person. I feel like I carry a lot more weight on my back now with this whole PTSD cat out of the bag type of thing. And as a result... My personality, I feel a lot more grounded, so less egotistical, and especially that childish, boyish type of egotistical, competitive Harvey Specter stuff. I feel more serious, more contemplative, like I consider different sides, and that goes into why I'm also becoming ever so slightly, again, emphasize ever so slightly, less judgmental in that when I look at other people and I used to compare myself and think I'm way better than you. I understand now that everyone has their journey and there is something to having started in life behind other people. And so comparing yourself to them so simply isn't accurate. But at the same time, I'm also learning that there is also worth to people more than just their ability to sell their ambition and their success. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm still very competitive, but it comes from a deeper, more internal motivation rather than external motivation place. So with other people, I'm starting to 
accept that there's value to people, even if they're just kind and they're just jolly and they're not successful at all. Anyways, it's still a work in progress to be continued. As for today, what I wanted to talk about is I wanted to continue my previous episode where I talked about my source of insecurity of my peasant energy. And basically that I lived in a nice neighborhood, but I had this shamefully abnormal home that reflected the poverty we were in. And it just brought me a deep source of shame and embarrassment back then. And fast forward over 10 years later, that settled into me as an insecurity. And obviously, if I see an insecurity, I want to fix it. So as I think about this, in times like this, when people like me, the Great Gatsby, are insecure about their past, it's because they fear it being discovered. Let's unpack that, because there's, there's a couple layers to it. They fear it being discovered because they're trying to hide it. So the first level is they fear that they won't hide it well enough and it'll come out. But why are they hiding it? They're hiding it because they're running away from it. And they're running away from it because they think it's a bad thing, that they shouldn't have people know about them. And the reason they think it's a bad thing is they think that their bad circumstances in the past reflect on their character and worth to some degree, which, if you go a layer deeper, also indicates that they are judging themselves for it. So my antidote to this insecurity would be to address all of that. So in no particular order, here are just some of the thoughts that I have. The first thing is that I feel like me having grown up poor reflects poorly on my character and my worth. I feel like the circumstances I grew up in are in some way connected to my worth as a person. Put in very blunt terms, it's because having grown up poor makes me poor and dirty. And that sounds harsh, of course, and you're not wrong. That's how I am talking to myself. But a couple things. First off, I was a kid and I had no choice nor responsibility in that. Even with the boogers. <laughs> but, but, but when I told that story, it was really interesting because retelling it as an adult, I could see this trend of my dad was just really crazy and stupid and dumb and weird. His solutions for things made no sense. Things break, we just stop using it. Or block off the water, put a big metal in it. There's so many other things you could have done. So telling that story as an adult allowed me to truly see that it wasn't my fault. If anything, it's just a reflection of my dad's behavior. And everyone living in that house was just a collateral victim. Because it was all his decisions, his decisions to stop working and his decision later to refuse work because it would disqualify him from welfare, his decision to tear everything apart, and we were just there. So it's absolutely fallacious for me to think that this reflects on my character. It's not tied to me. It's all my dad. So this already makes me feel a lot better because it completely absolves me from this connection that I keep thinking there is. Second of all, me fearing that there's this dirt on me. I mean, what is dirt? It's, it's a ding on your beauty. It's a ding on aesthetics. And that's really what I'm getting towards. I am so obsessed with aesthetics that I want to be beautiful. I want to be 
graceful and elegant, and I feel like being poor is the opposite of that. So now you can see the frame through which I'm looking at because my goal is to be beautiful. Now, thankfully, I recently came across this amazing example of Miss Thailand. Miss Thailand came from poverty. Her parents picked trash, and the toys she had as a kid were from that trash. Her parents would find toys in the trash, and they would come home and clean them up and fix them up, and those were her toys. But now, today, she's Miss Thailand, and she is the epitome of beauty and grace, and that is a powerful example for me because it's right in line with what I'm worried about. It tells me that it is possible to still come out so beautiful, elegant, and immaculate on the other end, and that my past doesn't force me to stay forever dirty the way I think it does. I guess another example could be Cinderella. Like, Cinderella's ashes wash off too. Alright, so now that we have this down, let's tackle the execution part of this, which is me hiding it from the world. The opposite of hiding it is not hiding it, and finding out a way to accept this into my story and my identity. By me accepting it first, this will take away the fear of anyone finding out because it takes away their ability to make assumptions and judgments about me, because I've already taken control of the narrative. It's similar to when people sometimes poke fun at their own insecurities first, so that the bullies lose the power and opportunity to do that. So when I think of these self-development people, guests who are on podcasts because they've written books, because they've been through a lot, and they've still come out extremely successful on the other end, I mean, it's just that. A lot of them did come from nothing. And the way they describe their narrative is that they own it in a way that they accept it just enough that they're teetering on the level of embracing it, but not enough to make it their whole personality. They don't lean into it. So how this sounds is they just state it as a matter-of-factly. They state it as a precursor, as a way to benchmark what they're about to say, which is how far they've come. So it's a very matter-of-factly thing, and even so, the only purpose of stating it is to lead you back to the present day, back to the present day badass who is standing in front of you. So there's a purpose, and they're not pausing to sulk in the past, but they mention it. So as I think of myself, how could this pan out for me? It might be something like, yeah, I actually came from nothing. My dad chose not to work and support his family, so we struggled a lot. So I've taken all the elements of what I talked about so far. I've stated it as a matter of fact, so I don't shy away from it, but it also doesn't delve into a pity party, and it also keeps the fault very strictly in my dad's corner, so it's clear it has nothing to do with me. It's not a reflection of the person standing in front of you. And as I start to use that narrative, meanwhile, I can still continue to work on my beauty and grace. I can continue to improve how I walk in heels. Eventually, I want to take an etiquette class. I don't think that's bad. I don't think that's necessarily a part of me running away from it. The two can coexist. I can still want to be elegant and pretty, and I think that's something just ingrained in me. But at the same time, I don't have to be ashamed of the fact that I wasn't born into a family that had pedigree. And in fact, I am completely a self-made woman. Very much like Miss Thailand. So yeah, that's my thoughts on it. Thank you for listening. Bye. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Outro. 
Okay, that's enough. It was a long song. But yeah, bye.